Hello, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name is Riley Rodriguez, and like Mr. Goldie said, I'm a senior here. And I was asked over the summer um, if I wanted to share something that God has been teaching me in the past couple seasons of my life. And before I get to that, I want to give you some context for my story. I grew up in a Christian home down in Texas, and yes, we say y'all, but no, I've never ridden a horse to school. (laughs) But I lived there for nine years, and whenever I moved here, I became a competitive dancer. And what that meant to me was I was at the studio for 16 hours a week, five days a week, working my butt off for a competition every weekend, and I had solos. I had 12 dances. I was very well known. And to be honest, I was really good. And I had gotten to the point where there was not, nowhere else really to go. And as I came here to Southwest, I realized that we are given a lot of opportunities to try new things. And so I decided that I was going to try something new and see what God could do in, through that. And that's the story I want to tell you today. But first, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Southwest. And I thank you for the teachers and faculty and the students you surround me with. I just thank you that I'm able to speak here today, and I ask that my words would be yours, that I would not speak out of selfish ambition, but I'd speak for your glory. And I just pray over the students that you would align our hearts to what you have to say. And I just pray that everyone here would be, feel seen, known, heard, and loved. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I took this step of faith, I decided cross-country was going to be my route, and it's an interesting choice. Um, I soon realized that going from a dancer to to a runner is not an easy job. And don't get me wrong, competitive dancing is not a walk in the park either, but they're totally different spectrums. And there's a reason that our Southwest cross-country team is only nine people. It's not the easy way to go. Cross-country takes diligence. It takes determination. It takes sacrifice, humility, hard work, consistency, drive, focus, physical grit, patience, and most importantly, resilience. You have to be able to face disappointment after disappointment and still get back up. And through that journey, God has highlighted a verse to me, which is 2 Corinthians 12.10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul tells us this because the, to the Corinthians because he felt as if he had a thorn in his flesh. There are many theories of what this thorn would have been. It could have been an ailment or a physical disability or a spiritual attack. But what we knew, do know is that this was a repeated weakness over and over again. And this is very close to home to me. In my journey across country, I am not the fastest on my team. In fact, I'm one of the slowest. And that's one of the hardest things I've had to face, not only as an athlete, but also as a captain of the team. I lead the team, and I'm not the fastest. I have been doing this sport for four years, putting in all the training, all the hard work, and my improvement is not at the speed in which I want it to be. Every year I get knocked down to the point where I feel like I can never run as fast as the other girls. Even the freshmen come in every year and beat me, and that's really hard. Physically, my body has failed me many times. It seems that no matter what I do, my body just hits a wall and I can't run faster. I've been in more physical pain than my entire, in this sport than I have been in my entire life. I put in blood, sweat, and a whole lot of tears into this sport. I cry out to my coach saying, Coach, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I run as fast as her? And I cry out to God saying, God, why didn't you make me fast? And I cry out to myself saying, Riley, you are weak. You are weak. 
And I think this is exactly what God has been teaching me throughout my journey in cross country. When I am physically weak, I am made strong. And this might be confusing to some because how can you be strong and weak at the same time? How can you be fast and slow at the same time? But what I've come to realize is that God's definition of strength is a whole lot different than ours. Our earthly strengths, talents, and abilities and have nothing compared to the intimate relationship that Jesus wants with us. And I remember this season, my coach told me, Riley, God cares much more about your spiritual life than your performance. And this stuck with me. This is God's definition of strength, our relationship with him. Let me read the verse again. 2 Corinthians 12.10 reads, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. I have been made strong through my weaknesses in running because my spiritual life has skyrocketed. My eyes were open to the things of God rather than some earthly accomplishment. And in the end, our relationship with God is all we will ever have. I've had to learn that Jesus is enough. I don't need the all-conference award, the first-place ribbon, or the state qualification. All I need is my faith in the Lord. This verse not only promises us strength in hardships, but it also resonates with me because I truly delight in this sport. You might call me crazy for doing a sport that I repeatedly cry and I repeatedly go through hardships in physical pain. But that's not the point. The point is I've realized that my strength is not, I don't rely on my own physical strength to get through things. I rely on God's strength. And through that, I started to take joy in suffering rather than just giving up and quit. So as God has been using cross country to show me my strength in weakness, I ask you, how has God been showing you your weakness? What area of life do you say, I'm not enough? I'm not fast enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not X, Y, Z. But I think God can use that to show you your strength. How might God be using those weaknesses to lift up your faith? It's not going to be physical strength and performance. It's going to be your faith. How can God open your eyes to your faith rather than your performance? If the Lord has done this for me, I believe that God can do it for you. Thank you. Uh, good job, Riley. That was very well said. Hi, Southwest. My name is Josh Angler. I'm a senior here at Southwest Christian. And many of you might know me through classes I've had with you, uh, soccer, or some of the other extracurriculars I do. Um, and a few weeks ago, I was approached by Mr. Goldie, who asked me to talk about something that God is teaching me in this season of my life. I hope that my personal experiences will resonate with you and that maybe something might stick out. So many of you know that at the start of my junior year, I tore my ACL during the trials week of soccer. This was devastating for me. I'd worked very hard during summer to become able to contribute to the team during the year. And I vividly remember the day after I tore my ACL, laying in the grass next to the soccer field and looking up at the sky. I could hear my teammates playing next to me, and I knew that I wanted to do something to contribute to the team that year. But because I wasn't able to play physically, my mind was almost divided because I couldn't play physically, so I couldn't contribute to the team. That's what I thought. I came to the realization that 
maybe I would try to build up the underclassmen so that when I came back as a senior, we could have a better team playing together. And in the moment, this was actually selfish. I wanted recognition for the work that I had put in over the summer. Um, and I wanted, my plan was to use the people around me so that I could get recognition for that work that I put in. Luckily, um, at the end of the year banquet, this changed. Sam Whittefield, many of you know him. He is a great guy. He was a Southwest graduate who played on the soccer team last year with me. And he was also injured for a couple games throughout the season. He dislocated his shoulder and it kept happening repetitively. So he was out five to six games. And at the end of the season banquet, he came up to me afterwards and he told me, thank you, Josh, for your encouragement to the underclassmen. It inspired me to do the same so that even despite his injury, he was encouraged by me to encourage the underclassmen as well. So I realized that I had accomplished my goal in that moment. I had, I had my decision to help encourage the underclassmen had transferred over to Sam, and I had made an impact on the team without even being able to play. Through this experience, I learned the importance of sacrificing your own time and energy to love and encourage the people around you. Because of the time and energy I sacrificed, my junior year soccer season was one of the most fulfilling seasons in soccer I've played in my life. Not only did I see the effects of my actions, I knew my actions were actually having an impact on the people around me. And I'm not perfect. Even this year, there are times in my life where I look back and think, I could have done a better job of loving and encouraging the people around me. I'm so grateful to God for teaching me this lesson at a young age because I can look back on times in my life and recognize times where I was more focused on earning success for myself than bringing the people around me to earn success together. Recently, the boys soccer team went up to the annual varsity retreat. Every year we do this thing called the hot seat where one person sits in the seat and then the whole team asks them any questions they want. I was asked the question on top of many questions, how are you so responsible? It's a funny question. In the moment, I responded by saying, I don't know because I'm not perfect and there's many times in my life where I'm not very responsible. Um, but after reflecting on this question, I realized that my responsibility is connected to the idea of building people up. Um, I remember not being very responsible during my freshman and sophomore years. And I now realize that being responsible is in some way connected to respecting other people's time and sacrificing your own time so that you can benefit those around you. Um, somewhere between the moment I tore my ACL and the end of the year soccer season talking to Sam, something in my mind had changed. I know this might sound obvious, but I came to the realization that each and every person has their own unique story. For me, I'm 17 years old, and there's a lot of things I've done in those 17 years that many people do not know about. I realized that this is the same for everyone sitting in this room. Right now, each of you are having different perspectives than everyone sitting next to you, and this realization really helped me to love people more than before. Um, I think it is important for us to follow the example that Christ set for us. Um, this verse up here is Mark 10, 33 through 34. It says, 
Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This verse really stood out to me because it shows us that Jesus, the perfect human, spent his entire life living to serve and not be served. This verse says that not only should we serve, but we are first among all. We are great when we serve. Right now, I've noticed that culture is placing a lot of value on focusing for one's personal success, on focusing towards reaching a certain status or achieving this. I'll be happy when I achieve this. In many situations, we ask ourselves the question, how can I use this situation for my own personal gain? And this was the case with me my junior year high school season. But I think that focusing on this aspect of life too much can actually be destructive in a way. I think that there needs to be a balance to our service and our personal sacrifice and how that actually could lead to more fulfillment than spending our lives reaching towards status or personal gain. So in conclusion, I'd like to say I've learned a lot sacrificing my own time to encourage those around me. And I have said a lot in this speech about many different things, including sacrifice, respect, service. And although some people might think these things are disconnected, I think that there is something that ties all of these things together. And I think that's God, that's what God has been trying to teach me in these past few years. Um, I would like to point out that we have many great examples of role models in the school. Many of these teachers around us have given up their lives to their lives, their careers, their time um, for us so that they can benefit us. So I think that we should live by example of the one that Jesus set for us. And also we can look around us and see many great examples of that. Thank you for having me up here and let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my experience with the student body. I hope that maybe there was something that stood out or resonated with just a few people. I am excited for what the future holds for Southwest Christian, and I'm very excited to hear what Jaron has to say next. Amen. Nice job, Josh. That was pretty awesome. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jaron. I'm currently a senior here at uh, Southwest. And I started to think over the summer when I was asked to do this, and the biggest question or concern I guess I had was, you know, what should I say? And I was, as I was thinking about this during the summer, I also had some just monthly football team meetings, you know, some preseason things. We were just a group of our guys coming together with our coaches talking about how to build team culture, you know, how we're going to be a successful team and whatnot. Pretty standard stuff for a preseason and uh, at one of these meetings, we talked about this analogy that I thought was really meaningful for me, and it really stuck with me. And over the past week, I just thought it could really apply not just for sports, but in our spiritual walks. So the analogy was working hard versus competing. And it was just a short video of uh, the Duke's girls head basketball coach, Carl Lawson. Now, she explained the difference between the two, because many times people think they're the same thing, working hard and competing, but they're not. To, uh, she explained how like, to reach that like, higher tier, you know, that next level, become a championship team, you need more than just working hard. Now here's why. I can force you to work hard. You get forced to work hard all the time. Billions of people around the world are forced to work hard. 
Now, she defined working hard as you were given a task, you were given constraints on said task, you know, for how much, how long, how much weight, how many reps you have to do, and so on. And then you're forced to do it, and it's hard. You are being told to do something, and by following the direction, you are working hard. She, so she gave two scenarios to explain this. So the first one was, you're on your sports team, right? You know, you got to do some conditioning, you know, everything we hate. But you got to do it, you know. So you line up, the coach puts you on a line, tells you this is how far you got to run, this is for how long, and so on, you know. And it could be super far, and it could be for a short time, and it's really hard, but you got to do it, right? You know, you're, doing, you're working hard by doing it. Now, the second scenario was you're on that same line, but then you have three other people around you. It's a little different, right? Anyone who has that, you know, competitive spirit in them would agree that it feels different. You can't force someone to compete. You just can't. It's a mindset that you have to have. It's something as an individual you have to decide to do. You have to decide to compete. So as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, this is, this is how I feel like my faith is at times. I've done all the hard work of being a Christian, right? You know, especially here at Southwest, you know, we read the Bible and then we discuss it in Bible class. We have D groups. We have encounters. I've served at many events like Feed My Starving Children. You know, we have the service day. Now, just like working hard, like, this is a good thing. All these opportunities we have, like, they're good. But these opportunities we have, like, we're forced to do them, you know, or like someone, like, told us to. So, but did I, like, actually compete for God? Like, did I actually, like, in other words, like, would you actually do it if no one told you? If you didn't have to go to service day, would you go? If you didn't have to be an encounter, would you be here right now? So, when I was thinking about this, the verse that stood out to me was uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 24 through 26. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes goes into strict training. Hold on. Oh, there we go. People run. Oh, wait, my bad. <laughs> They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a, fight like a boxer beating the air. Now, when I read this verse, the biggest thing that I noticed and what stuck out to me was the verse never says walk. It says run. Run to get the prize. Now, why do people run? People run because there's something they want to reach so bad that they would rather like run than walk. Whether it's like the end of the finish line if you're racing someone, or heck, even if it's like the front of the lunch line. Instead of walking, you would run, because you, you really want it. You want that munch. You want that eats. <laughs> but for us, we run to something that will last forever, as the verse says. That's our end goal. So then the question I have is, how do you run? What does it look like? Now, with all these great opportunities we have, you know, Bible class, our D groups, encounter, there's a large spectrum of how much you actually put into and get out of these opportunities. You can be forced to go to these, but you can't be forced to actually care about them. There's a lot of freedom of how much you participate in Bible class, D groups, or encounter. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, previously, when I heard it was encounter, I would get excited because I know I could just take a 20-minute nap. It was a time for me I could just show up and zone out. It was awesome. And I get it. We're busy, sports, jobs, you know, hard classes. It's really easy, but I can promise you, when I, started to, when I decided to start to engage with Encounter, actually try to be in the presence of God, 
the more peace and energy I had throughout the day than any little nap or zoning out could do. So, so another thing that I also want to talk about is in D groups, you know, instead of just sitting back and contribute, like talk about your faith, ask questions. Don't just go through the motions, right? Don't just zone out like you would do an encounter, you know? Another simple thing that I've done is pray for one another. I know a lot of times your leader will ask, you know, is someone willing to pray? Be that person who's willing to pray. That's something really easy you can do. You're taking a step out on your own and actually participating in D groups. Don't just walk through these opportunities that have been given to us. Run. Because pretty soon, we won't have this great community and we won't have these opportunities. We won't have anyone to make us work hard for God. There'll be no encounters, no D groups or service days. You'll have to do it out on your own. So as we are here, don't just do the hard work of being a Christian. You know, compete. Run. Run towards God. Thank you.